we had literally had no money for college, zero. You know, when you're a one income family, as most homeschoolers are, in, in many cases, there's no extra money to save for college. And that's where we were at. I mean, no money. And I was at my friend's house one day and she mentioned to me, did you know that there's free college avail available simply based on a test score? And I was, my eyes were open and I thought, you know, I'd never heard that before. I did not know that. But I thought, wow, this is a way possibly that we can get some scholarship money. Now, granted, we had no money for college, so we definitely had no money to go spend on one of these very expensive prep schools. But I knew how important it was in order for us to get some scholarship money. And, and short story long, when my son became a junior, he became a National Merit Scholar. And what happened was we started getting inundated every single day for about a year with letters and information from all these colleges offering him full rides, full rides, free room and board, free grad school, free uh, money to study abroad, uh, honors dorm, spending cash. These are the perks that he was being offered. Pretty much they were rolling out the red carpet because at the time, of course, we didn't know this, but becoming that national merit scholar is a bragging right for schools. And so they have no problem with giving you uh, amazing benefits if you'll come to their school. And so then when my daughter started getting scholarship offers and stuff, my friends were all calling me on the phone asking me, how did you get free college? And ultimately I ended up just writing a book and putting together what we learned. And then eventually I started teaching a class at my home and that led from my home to going to teach at schools and then people from other states and now um, I've also taught in five other countries. So we've seen tens of thousands of students learn how to get free college, how to ace their SATs, ACTs, and uh, just life-changing information for them. Welcome to the Homeschool Compass podcast, a show that's all about finding confidence in community and help in the wisdom of those who've gone before. I'm your host, Amy Otto, and today I'm joined by Jean Burke. Jean is a mom to two homeschool graduates and the founder of College Prep Genius. In this episode, you'll hear how Jean and her family didn't have any money set aside for college. They were a single income family, like so many homeschoolers, and their finances were tight. They wanted their children to be able to go to college, but they weren't sure how to make that happen until Jean discovered that her children's scores on the PSAT, the SAT, and the ACT could open the door to them receiving huge scholarships. So like a good homeschool mom, she immediately began researching and trying to figure out how she could help her children excel at these tests. And she was extremely successful at that. Both of her children were able to get their college paid for by virtue of their high test scores. And so now she travels the country sharing her story and teaching other families how to use the same strategies that she and her children used. She has an online course that thousands of families have used to help their children improve their standardized test scores and earn college scholarship money. And if you're listening to this episode right when it airs, her course, the College Prep Genius Comprehensive E-Course, it's a self-paced course that your children can do on their own time, is 20% off at Christian Book now through February 20th. So if that's something that would be helpful to you, check out the link in our show description. But even if you don't have a teenager 
or a child that's getting ready to go to college soon, Jean has a lot of good advice for how we can start to think about these topics, even if our kids are in elementary or middle school. So thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jean Burke. Good morning, Jean. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Hey, thanks, Amy. I'm really excited to be on your podcast. I would love for you to start out by telling us a little bit about your family and some of your story around homeschooling, how you guys got started down this path. Well, I have two kids. They're adults now, and they kind of took me up on, you know, being independent and moving out and being on their own people. So they are. So they left us. Can you believe they took me up on that? (laughs) And um, they have their own life, their own careers. Um, My son is an attorney in Los Angeles, and my daughter is an FBI special agent in New York. So I have law and order on both coasts because I'm mm-hmm. right smack dab in the middle in Texas. Yeah, I think my son was probably somewhere around six months old. And he came home one day and he said, hey, we're going to homeschool. And I said, great, what's that? <laughs> so him being so small at the time, it gave me a lot of opportunity to observe people that homeschooled. There wasn't a lot around that I knew. And just observe students uh, in, in public and private school. And really, my, my main area was like church. That's the main places that we went and were around other people. And I I did actually see a huge difference. Uh, not necessarily a lot between public and private school kids, especially the teenagers. But the few homeschool families that I had met, I thought, wow, there is a difference. And so I had that to ponder for several years when my son was a baby. And so out of obedience, you know, we we did it. Not perfectly, lots of mistakes, of course. But one thing I can say about homeschooling uh, is the relationship that you have with your children and the fact that they are adults uh, now, because you know, you want to raise kids that you want to be friends with when they're adults. And that's what we are. Like my kids, you know, we talk sometimes more than once a day. And I and 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 I wouldn't take that back for anything. So that's pretty much how we started on this homeschooling path. Yeah, those close relationships are one of the strongest, strongest benefits of homeschooling. I think I hear that over and over again. So I love that that's part of your story, too. Did you have a particular homeschool philosophy that you gravitated toward? You know, we were very eclectic, probably like a lot of homeschoolers, because what worked for one student didn't work for the other. My kids, my son's more of a visual learner. My daughter's more kinesthetic. And the beauty of homeschooling is you can tailor their curriculum around the best way they learned. And I, I, I think that's a great benefit because, you know, un- unfortunately, students who are in sort of a school system, you know, it's kind of a one size fits all. And often, you know, you have very, very great students, even smart students who are in a room where they don't learn in that capacity, the way they're being taught. And they're pretty much labeled the rest of their life as not being, you know, being dumb or being in some a group that they shouldn't be in. And so for us, it was more of so a lot of it was hit and miss. We bought a lot of curriculum we never used, a lot of good, good intentions that never happened. But for the most part, we were really blessed to have a really good co-op that we were a part of for about nine years. So my kids took some really great core classes like biology from a doctor, classes that I didn't necessarily want to tackle. So we we were blessed in that area. I think that's encouraging for people to hear that 
even people who have homeschooled very successfully, they still have things that they buy that they don't end up using or pivots that they make along the way. You know, we we wish that we could sort of plot out the whole course from point A to point B right from the beginning, but it just doesn't usually happen that way. We kind of have to be open to the journey and where God takes us. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think that's uh, the appeal of homeschooling for a lot of people because if they're struggling at school or maybe they're a very advanced student, but because they're in a classroom of 30 other kids, they're not allowed to move on. They're, they're held back. They often get bored. They often get into trouble. Um, or if they're behind or slower, they need that extra attention so they can catch up. So, you know, we've, we've seen this mass exodus from the school system based, you know, when the, when the pandemic came around, everybody was forced to quote unquote homeschool. Not everybody was homeschooling, but everybody was, was brought home to school. And I think one of the surprising things when I've talked to families is they were shocked to see how much their child thrived at home, how much once you remove the pressures of the other peers or the teachers or the curriculum, how much they enjoyed it. And the fact that, wow, I can get my schoolwork done in the fraction of a time and then I'm free and I don't have to come on with the homework. So many benefits of homeschooling. I'm so glad that the world is seeing what we've been seeing all these years. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any favorite memories from your times of homeschooling that stand out to you as you look back? You know, just having them here, I I miss them being with me. I love who they are as adults, but I love that they were just with me all day long. You know, I often hear people say, well, I couldn't be with my kids all day long. I'm thinking, wow, I miss my kids. And even when I was away, I wanted to be back with them. And I think it, it was just being able to impart in them, you know, everything that we believe and we wanted them to encourage them to believe, you know, they had to choose their own faith on their own. But I think the fact that, you know, just having them with us, and being able to point them in a direction toward Christ was the best thing ever. And, and ultimately, they had to make their own profession of faith. But I think that we were able to allow them to not be outside influenced, to let them decide for themselves what they believe. You know, one thing about homeschooling is, you know, everything's off season. You know, you can go to places that would cost a fortune any other time that you can go, well, we can go, we can go whenever. We can just take this trip and be able to enjoy a vacation when nobody else is there and, and reap the benefits of all benefits of all the all the cheap prices. That's another option that pe- fa- families should think about when it comes to homeschooling. I wonder if there are any particular challenges that you had to work through. Well, I was, I was really blessed that my kids were pretty uh, independent workers, which was great because that helped me out a lot. When my son was uh, when he was like five and I was just starting at homeschooling, I think I was trying to force stuff on him that he wasn't ready for. And I think that uh, we think, well, all five-year-olds should start reading and or should be doing spelling or, or whatever. And and honestly, it, you know, you got, you got about a five-minute tension span with him. And looking back on now, I think I would have spent five minutes on something and moved on and let him play and then come back in five minutes later. I, I think as long as we, you know, we, you, you teach them how to read and they're reading and you're reading to them, they'll advance far without necessarily doing a whole lot of quote unquote actual curriculum. I know one of your big passions is helping families prepare for college and access resources for college through testing. And I would love to hear what your family's college search process looked like. 
Well, I, my husband and I always wanted our kids to go to college because neither one of us finished. And it was just kind of something that we'd said our kids, we'd love you to go to college. That, that'd be great. It's kind of was always there. Uh, it wasn't a pressure, but it's something we felt we'd love for them to be able to do because we didn't do it. We didn't finish the trek. And we didn't really think all of a sudden, uh, you know, let, let's plan this all out. As a matter of fact, it kind of just snuck up upon you. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, college is coming up. And in our case, my son was at the end of ninth grade and, you know, we had literally had no money for college, zero. You know, when you're a one income family, as most homeschoolers are, in, in many cases, there's no extra money to save for college. And that's where we were at. I mean, no money. And I was at my friend's house one day and she mentioned to me, did you know that there's free college avail- available simply based on a test score? And I was my eyes were open and I thought, you know, I'd never heard that before. I did not know that. I knew nothing about testing. I mean, I remember taking a test, getting into college, getting some money, but that's that's the extent of it. But I thought, wow, this is a way possibly that we can get some scholarship money. Now, granted, we had no money for college, so we definitely had no money to go spend on one of these very expensive prep schools to understand how to take a test. So really, we were on our own. So we had to figure it out ourselves. And so we did a lot of different things. It's very helter-skelter. You know, we bought some books at the store and my son took a couple of local classes and we went through tons and tons of practice questions, taking tests over and over and over again. And some of the stuff worked, some of it didn't work, but I knew how important it was in order for us to get some scholarship money. And, and short story long, when my son became a junior, he became a National Merit Scholar. And what happened was we started getting inundated every single day for about a year with letters and information from all these colleges offering him full rides, full rides, free room and board, free grad school, free uh, money to study abroad, uh, honors dorm, spending cash. These are the perks that he was being offered. Pretty much they were rolling out the red carpet because at the time, of course, we didn't know this, but becoming that national merit scholar is a bragging right for schools. And so they have no problem with giving you uh, amazing benefits if you'll come to their school. And so then when my daughter started getting scholarship offers and stuff, my friends were all calling me on the phone asking me, how did you get free college? And at that point, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know, kind of a little this and a little that. But ultimately, through a lot of pushing by some people, I ended up just writing a book and putting together what we learned. And then eventually I started teaching a class at my home. And that led from my home to going to teaching at schools. And then other people from other cities would want to know if I would come and teach their kids. If they gathered up some kids, if we get so many kids together, will you come here? And I'm like, okay. And then people from other states. And now um, I've also taught in five other countries. So we've seen tens of thousands of students learn how to get free college, how to ace their SATs, ACTs, and uh, just life-changing information for them. If this is all new to somebody, I know there's a lot of different testing options out there. There's the SAT, the ACT, there's CLEP tests, there's AP tests. Where should people focus? Where, where should they start if they're thinking about this, if this is all new? Right. Well, so so the free college money is on your SAT or ACT scores, and it's it, your the scholarship money is tied directly to the test scores. So the higher the score, of course, the more money you're going to get. So it is so important that families incorporate test prep into their school because number one, you can use it as an elective, and it's a different skill set. These are logic tests. 
and they're based on critical thinking. And so the reason why a lot of students don't do well is because these questions are purposely misleading and the wrong answers can be very appealing uh, because they're based on testing your thinking skills, because that's the one thing we all have in common. You know, a 4.0 at one high school is not the same at another because every school calculates their scores differently. So colleges need a fair way to compare all students, especially homeschoolers. It be, it, in many cases, it validates our transcript. So start early. That is the key because you can't get time back. And it's there is no instant success. I mean, you don't start playing the PNL today and then in a month you're playing Beethoven. It's the same thing with test prep. You, you got to start early because it can open up uh, amazing doors. And, and your decision can go from how in the world are we going to pay for college like ours was uh, to where in the world should my child go because we have so many offers. I imagine some people might be hearing this who have young kids. And part of the reason they wanted to pull them out of the traditional school system is because there's such this emphasis on standardized testing and teaching to the test and so much pressure on little, little, little kids. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about something totally different. Yeah, most states, I know we have it here in Texas as well. Public schools have a test that, for, for lack of a better word, it gets the school more money. And so in Texas, it's called the STAR test, S-T-A-R-R. Most test, uh, schools have some tests, and it's based on how well is your school, school doing. They fail, teachers lose bonuses. It's a lot of pressure on parents, teachers, and the kids. And so, no, what I'm talking about are the tests that get you into college and get you scholarship money. So it is important that families understand that these tests can be beat, but you have to understand the logical patterns and how to approach them criti critically. And the thing too is critical thinking is, is, is a necessary component for college readiness. You know, right now we've got students going into college unprepared. They're, they've not been taught logic. And you're talking about younger students. Any listeners that have young students, I highly recommend uh, that you do incorporate critical thinking and logic into your school. So as homeschoolers, we really have a lot of freedom in how we frame this with our, our kids. You know, we don't have to put all this pressure on them. We can show them that this isn't a determination of how smart they are or whether they're, you know, valuable in God's eyes. This is just a game that we're playing because we want to have access to these resources. And we're going to learn to play the game so that we can move on to the next level if they want to, if that's something that God is calling them to. And so it's not about getting our young, young kids to feel bad about themselves if they're not achieving a certain status. It's it's about equipping them to to learn how to function in this setting and to have those skills available to them, like you're saying, that will serve them in other areas as well, not just on the SAT or the ACT. Oh, absolutely. It is a total, it is a total game and you just play the game. You jump through the hoops. And, and the, the other thing too, about the younger students is taking the, it does take the pressure off them. It, it is a different skill set. These tests do not determine your IQ at all. As a matter of fact, many valedictorians bomb these tests. Smart, smart kids, top 10% of schools often are what are, who are in our classrooms when we teach at certain schools because they may be quote unquote smart, might have a 4.8 GPA and honors and APs, but yet they, they've never been taught how to look 
critically and carefully at a logic test and not be tricked by the wrong answers because they, the wrong answers can be very appealing and very tricky. Starting early is is crucial because it does take not only takes the pressure off, but it, test taking becomes second nature at that point because test taking is a part of life. No matter whether we like it or not, um, you know, a four point oh at one high school is not the same at another. Every school calculates their scores differently, and there has to be some fair standard for everyone. And and a standardized test has standardized questions and standardized answers. And so once you understand that. It makes everybody equal, it means anybody can do well on these tests. Yes, you need to study, but I mean, if you're going to study for a science test and you've got a science test, you're going to study the material. If you're going to take a geography test, you're going to study geography. So if you're going to take a logic test, what are you going to do? Well, you study the logic patterns of the test. So tell us what starting early would look like. How early should we be starting and what what should we be doing? Well, first of all, if you have a senior right now, or even a, or a junior, uh, and of course seniors are toward the end of the year, um, don't despair. You know, we've got students who've got 300 points in a week, but starting early means it takes the pressure off a student. I mean, probably my average student who comes to us is a junior. That's kind of what the high schools tell the kids when to start thinking about this. But in reality, um, if you can start in middle school, I mean, we do teach a lot of sixth graders. Not every sixth grader is ready, but I think by seventh grade, if you can start introducing some some test taking techniques for the students uh, and let it build uh, over the years, they, they get to high school. It becomes, you know, uh, second nature. They're not stressing about it at that point. The great thing about homeschooling is that we can make test prep an elective. And so when you just make it another class and, and younger kids, my younger kids, um, they they might spend several weeks on just one lesson. They, they're under no pressure to finish up in a certain amount of time. So they'll learn it and they'll keep going back over until they got a certain part down before they even move on. Or they'll keep going back through it, which is which is important because you're only going to retain a small percentage of what you hear the first time. Free college really starts in middle school. But if you can incorporate it earlier, your kids will thank you because they may not like it at the beginning, not another class mom, but I think when when the free offers and their scholarships start rolling in, then that's when the thank you start. Yeah, my kids are definitely on the younger side. We have a fourth grader and a sixth grader, and we had the opportunity last year with some of our homeschoolers in our local area to do a testing week together. And that was a really great way to kind of just introduce my young kids to the idea of testing and say, this is what it looks like to sit in the classroom and listen to the proctor give you the instructions. Our group was able to get access to testing materials through BJU. Um, you know, you send away for the materials and certain members of the group had to go through the process of becoming a testing administrator. We went to a local church and used their different classrooms. And so for that week, they went with their group and did their little testing for the day. And then they got to play on the playground and have lunch together. Um, and at the end of the week, they all had ice cream cones together. And they just thought it was the greatest thing ever. They were so thrilled to have testing week. They keep asking me, when is testing week this year? We can't wait to go back and do this. And I think the more you can kind of build that positive connotation that, you know, this isn't something that we have to get all bent out of shape about and anxious about. But it's just a way to see what mom and dad have taught you and what areas we might need to spend some more time on. It doesn't have anything to do with your value as a human being. It's just a skill that we're going to practice 
And so if you can present it in kind of a low stakes way with your younger kids and give them opportunities to practice some of those skills, I think that can be really worthwhile. Absolutely. So many students have test anxiety. And, you know, I think the main reason why is they're not familiar with the test. I think it's like anything else. If you're not used to doing something, there's going to be nerves. And the sooner you start introducing testing, just like you did with your students, is you're going to lessen the anxiety, but you're also going to gain that test maturity that comes from time. It's not something instant, you know, and I think that's the unfortunate situation that we have nowadays is the generation that is growing up, they live in an instant ask Google, you know, drop down menu, pick what I want, and they get it right then and there. Uh, But that's not how real life is. You know, it's like I I did 10 setups and I don't have a six pack. I don't understand, you know, it's got to, they got to understand that there is no instant success. I mean, you really cannot shortcut the shortcut. Uh, You got to do the work. I think that's important. And by lessening the anxiety means that when it does count, when you get older, at that point, it's not a big deal to any you anymore, especially for homeschoolers. I think a lot of times homeschoolers go to a testing facility, which generally is a high school, a local high school, and they walk into the room and there's they're full of a bunch of kids. They have no idea who they are. They're already nervous because they they're thinking that kids are the kids know that I'm a homeschooler. You know, you know, do I get, can I get a snack? You know, where are the bathrooms? I mean, there's so many things going through their heads. The sooner you do that, then they get more familiar with the school. And then that at point and that point when they are ready to take the test, when it really does count for scholarship money, um, they're not worried about anybody else in the room. What they're thinking of is I'm going to go in there and I'm going to beat the test because their opponents to this test is not the other students in the room. It is the test itself. And they can go in with the mentality of I'm going to I'm, I'm going to beat this test and I'm going to do well and I'm going to get the scholarships and get to the college I want to go to and, and live a debt free life. Because, you know, it takes about 20 years to pay off the average debt loan right now when it comes to college. And so that's why it's important for these kids to, to start going early. And the beauty is that most colleges will super score. That means they take the highest scores from different tests. So if your math score is really good on one test, but the next time you take it, the reading's better, they take the highest scores. They cherry pick them to give the overall composite score. That means there's no pressure. You go in at ninth grade, 10th grade, you know, all of a sudden, maybe end of 10th grade, you get a really amazing reading score. I mean, this is like, wow. That means all you have to do is concentrate on the math now. So the next time you take it, maybe that hopefully the math is better and they'll take the highest scores. So but when you wait till you're, it's really late, then you have less opportunities to go in there and take the test. Biggest thing people say to me at my conferences is, is I wish I would have started earlier. So if you're in that camp, which most people are, don't despair. These tests can be beat. Really, the key is learning the learning the patterns and practicing correctly. That's it. So if someone is a little bit older, maybe eighth, ninth, 10th grade, what are some good things they can be doing in that stage? If you're, let's say, eighth grade, I would highly recommend going and taking the PSAT 8-9 and the uh, CLT 8. They're for practice. They don't count. There's no money tied to them. Nobody sees your scores. And then in ninth grade, go back in and, again, take another PSAT 8-9 uh, take a, a CLT 10. You might even take a pre-ACT. You don't have to take them both. You don't have to do the SAT or the ACT. 
every college takes either one. They're about 99% the same test. So it really makes no difference whether you take the SAT or ACT. Same strategies work on both because there's a crossover information. Uh, but maybe even in ninth grade, maybe going in and sitting for a, a real full length SAT or ACT. And then in 10th grade, I would definitely recommend um, number one, taking two, maybe three SETs or ACTs and take the CLT 10. Uh, they have a really cool program for the CLT 10 and it's offered four times a year where your it's on par with the, the National Merit Scholarship on the PSAT for juniors. But these four tests uh, can open up full rides as a sophomore on a CLT 10. And it's not only is it offered four times, you can take it all four and they'll take the highest score. So your sophomore, your 10th grader could already be sitting pretty with uh, all kinds of money to colleges. And then you can also use that as leverage for other colleges uh, to let them know what you've been given. But then the biggest thing is the PSAT, which is what changed our life, which is the junior year, October. So the summer before the junior year, that's when you want to make your heaviest studying for the PSAT. I would recommend that kids make this their part-time job over the summer right after sophomore year, work on the PSAT, and then take the October SAT and the October uh, and, and the August SAT. And that's going to give them more practicing. Um, and then the third week of October is when the PSAT counts. And then certainly if you're seniors, you can be taking as many SATs as you want because they're going to take the highest scores. So definitely there's a timeline to do this. You don't want to put all your eggs into one basket and walk in the door hoping you're going to do well on your first shot. Rarely does that ever happen. It, it takes time to, to to get familiar and to go over your weaknesses. So lots you can do to prepare. And the kids literally may not like it in the beginning, but ultimately they'll thank you for it when it really comes down to uh, the, the open doors that you can get just simply based on a test score. And just for families who might not be familiar, it sounds like the test that was really critical to opening these doors for you was the National Merit Scholar Qualifying Test, the PSAT. That's the one you take in the fall of your junior year. Oh, absolutely. And since your audience is homeschoolers, here's what I have to say about that. Number one, when your child takes the PSAT, there is a place that you can check that you are a homeschooler. Please make sure your student does that. If they don't do that, the test booklet will go to the school, the scores will go to the school, and you won't see them. That's what happened in the case of this very prestigious private school. The scores didn't go to the house. The, 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 they went to the school, and the, the, the students had no clue what their scores were. And uh, it's very unfortunate for those students, and it breaks my heart. But we as homeschoolers have that option to not only take the test in October, do you get this, your the test taken, but in November, they'll send you your actual test booklet back in the mail. And then in December, you get your scores. So okay, make sure y'all do that. Yeah, that's very helpful. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you navigated the college search process once your children started getting inundated with all these offers? Were you visiting dozens and dozens of colleges? How did you discern all of that? Yeah, it was all very new. And I think a lot of times homes homeschooling parents are very um, timid because we don't have a quote unquote guidance counselor, which is actually a good thing. Let me tell you, uh, most guidance counselors are not equipped for college prep. Their job isn't necessarily to get your child into college. It's to get them out of high school. And so many of them have so much on their plate nowadays and dealing with social issues. And they're kind of uh, overwhelmed, most of them. Um, so we had to be our own guidance counselor. And 
we were in a position where, you know, our decision was not the finances. It was the institution. Where do we go? Because my son was in a day with so many offers. And so, yes, we did do visits. Nowadays with the internet, you can certainly do more uh, virtual tours, but there really wasn't a lot around at that point. But we did visit several schools. We did a lot of praying because my son just really didn't just couldn't decide. He didn't know what to do because there's so many things besides college visits, which is one of them. But, you know, you're, you've got, you know, your applications to deal with. You've got letters of recommendation, uh, the college essay, resumes, transcripts, test scores. There's a lot that's involved. And we kind of just had to figure it out on our own because we didn't have that sort of $5,000, which is where, what a lot of these college planning companies charge. Matter of fact, I met a lady. And I did, I did a webinar for her and she charges $25,000 to take people through the whole college process and help them get scholarships and all that. And which, which is completely crazy because most homeschoolers don't have that kind of money uh, and it's not necessary. There's no need for that. You know, we, they take advantage of people because they know the guidance counselors aren't helping kids and they know that the college counselors, it's not their job. And so there's this big chasm there where families are at a loss. And so I've been working for several years just to put together the most comprehensive step-by-step guide, not only how to get to college, but how to get it paid for. And one of the things is people don't realize is there's so many ways to go to college for free. You know, people want to elect some kind of um, president or some kind of candidate that promises free college. But I have news for everyone. There's already free college and you just have to know, know about it. You know, we don't want our kids strapped with years of debt. I mean, these kids nowadays can't can't afford a mortgage. They're delaying call. They're delaying getting married or having children um, because they're very often strapped with twenty years of college debt. Was it important to you guys that your kids go to a Christian college? No, I see so many people trying to navigate. Should I send them to a secular institution? You know, when they're getting all these great scholarship offers there, but I don't want them to lose their faith. What did that look like for your family, if you want to share? So my kids actually both went to Christian college, but I get this question a lot. People say, weren't you worried about your kids, quote unquote, losing their faith when they went to college? And my take on it is if your kids are going to lose their faith or walk away from their faith, at college, they were going to do it anywhere else. They would do it at junior college or at a part-time job because it, it, that's a hard issue. They can't go to, to higher education on your faith. They have to have their own testimonial of their faith. Because here's the thing, wherever you go, you're, you're going to be challenged. And this is why the beauty of homeschooling as parents, as believers, as Christ followers, we have the opportunity to not only impart truth in them, but to build that foundation and also allow for questions. We want our kids to question their faith while they're at home. We want to be able to pray with them. We need to direct them, give them resources on what they're struggling with so that when they go out into the world, be it college, be it the military, be it a job, we want them to be able to stand up for their faith. And so whether my kids went to, I mean, my, my son was invited to go to Harvard and he said, you know, it's too cold there. I don't want to go. I'm like, well, youth is wasted on the wrong people, of course. Um, now he looks back on it. And I didn't know anything at the time, you know, to encourage him. Maybe you should go to Harvard. Uh, but because they said to us, you know, if, if we accept you, we'll get you the money. That's not a problem. Um, but the issue is, you know, definitely a lot of praying. And my, my daughter fell in love with the school that my son went to before he did, because he was very, very torn and he didn't know which, which school to go to. So it took fasting and prayer for him 
But whether your child goes to a Christian college or a secular college it has nothing to do with their faith. Their faith needs to be solid before they walk out the door. And is every child going to walk out the door ready? No. You might have one child who literally you you could throw them in the fire, you know, like um, like Daniel, and they'd be okay. You know, they're not, not a problem. And then you have another child who's more impressionable. They're not ready. And maybe for them, college is not the right path. Or maybe they need a gap year. Or maybe they're going to go to junior college. Nothing wrong with that either. As a parent, we know our children. And we can pray and seek God for each of them and for their direction. And make sure that they are solid in their faith. That's the best thing we can do as parents. And that's the beauty of having our kids at home is because we can stay on top of that. We can see you know, I remember telling my kids, you know, your sin will find you out. You know, if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, you know what? It's going to be brought to the light. I guarantee you. I think that struck fear in them. And they, you know, uh, but we can do that. You know, they're not going to go to school where somebody's going to say, well, that's a bunch of baloney, you know, or they're away from us eight hours a day, having no idea what they're being taught or who they're hanging with. You know, muddy water and clean water don't make clean water. It makes muddy water. And so, I don't necessarily get hung up so much about a Christian school or non-Christian school, although it's unfortunate that a lot of our institutions nowadays have gone so secular and and so far to the left. But that may be where the Lord has taken your child. And that's why I think it's important that we are led by the Spirit for each of our children, because there's no one size fits all. And our job is to build that foundation for them. I think the best example for us as a parent is we think we have to think of Joseph. And everything that Joseph knew about God and life, he knew by the age of 17, because at that point, at 17, everything was cut off. His family was cut off. You know, he was thrown into the pit, sold into slavery, imprisoned unlawfully, and rose to the second person in command and saved a whole nation. So if we can realize that we have to have a, our kids have that foundation by, if, if we if we can instill truth for them by the time they're 17, now, not every kid's that's going to happen, but I'm saying that should be our goal, that it doesn't matter what happens to them, where they go. If that's where the Lord leads them and they believe that, then as parents, we don't have to fear. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so well said that there's not one right path for everyone. Homeschooling is not a guarantee that your children are going to walk with the Lord. Going to a Christian college is not a guarantee that your children are going to walk with the Lord. At the end of the day, it's their life and they get to decide whether they're going to walk in the ways of God or not. Um, And we just need to pray and seek wisdom from the Lord. But there definitely is a role for us in discerning that with them. Uh, And I think that's a tricky thing for a lot of families to navigate. But if we seek the Lord and we cry out to him for wisdom, he's faithful to guide and direct our steps. I 100% agree. So it's so true. We talked a little bit already about test anxiety. Do you have anything more you wanted to say about that? I think so much, so much of the time, our attitude as parents has a lot to contribute. If we're panicking about college, if we're stressed out, if we're saying, you know, you have to do well on this test or there's no future for you, uh, then that trickles down to our kids. Um, But what else what else is helpful in terms of maybe helping a kid who is feeling anxiety around this issue? Well, the, the key really is, is you can go online to both the College Board website and the ACT website and you can download free tests. There's plenty of them online. We have access to over 40 plus real tests, not fake ones. You know, don't be going to the store and buying some company that's not 
the test makers themselves because they just make up a bunch of questions that aren't necessarily relevant to the real test. But just downloading tests and just getting familiar with them is 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 going to help and help lessen anxiety. And the thing about, we have a lot of students who do a gap year. Like if you have a senior right now and they're stressing and thinking, I'm not going to be ready or not going to get the scholarship money. A gap year is a really good thing. Colleges love them. And many of my students take that year off and they really you spend it practicing for the test because they know that if I take a, t- a year, even if I'm working at a job or maybe on a mission trip or traveling, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm studying for the test. That means it can set me up to open up incredible doors. And so um, don't stress. I think you said it uh, very well. We don't need to panic. Say so you've got to do well this one test. That's a lot of pressure on a student. Um, know that the SAT and ACT are both offered seven times nationally and the CLT is offered five times nationally. So that gives students just in one year, you know, that's 14, that's 19 times you can take a test. So if you don't do well in one, don't worry, go back and do it again. Most colleges are going to super score anyways on all three tests. So there should not be pressure. And, and because of a thing called score choice, that allows you to not to send your scores anywhere. It, it does take the pressure off students. So when they go in, you say, look, what, your scores are going nowhere. And they go in there feeling, okay, good. Now, let's say they make an amazing um, score on the test. Then you you have the benefit of sending the scores in later. But I think taking that pressure off makes it makes a big difference. And I and I, and I think too, as you said, reinforcing the fact that this this test is not your life. It doesn't determine who you are. It doesn't determine your IQ. It's just a test. It's just a tool to get from A to B. That's all it is. And it can always be redone. It can always be studied for. Uh, you know, I've got kids who've raised their SATs like 700 points, ACTs, nine points, CLT, lots of top 1%, because it's a matter of knowing that, yes, I can beat this test. Even students with autism or severe dyslexia or dysgraphia have gone through my program and got high scores and got free rides to college. So there's hope for everyone. The really the only th- the only person that's going to stand between you getting what you want is really just you. You know, are you willing to put the time in? But it's like everything else, whether you're exercising or you're um, wanting to excel at an instrument or guitar, piano. It's you putting the time in and practicing and making a priority. That's the same thing. Test taking is no different. Yes, totally. The same flexibility that we love so much as homeschoolers, we can apply that to the college search process, to the testing process. I know families that have you know, spread the four years of high school out over five years because that was what was going to be better for their student than trying to cram all these requirements in in such a short time. And we can totally do that. We can take a gap year, like you're saying. We can take the test again. There's options that you can discern as a family and figure out the path that is right for you. Because like you were saying, the the path that the Lord has for us is not going to be one that's filled with fear. It's not going to be one that's filled with anxiety. Um, if we're walking into this in dread and scared about the outcome, um, that's not what the Lord would have for us. These are opportunities that we can access and we can trust him to lead us through this process. Definitely. That's right. You're right. Our steps are by the Lord and we can walk in that and trust in that the plans that he has has for us are for good and to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. 
One of the questions that I keep seeing people grappling with is uh, we know that during COVID, a lot of colleges and universities waived their testing requirements. They said you don't need to submit a standardized test score. What direction do you think things are headed with that? Are standardized tests still going to be important going forward? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I do get that question and I get and I see it a lot on Facebook or various social medias. People say, well, testing is going away. Let me let me say one thing to your parents, and that is unless someone is willing to pay for your child's education if they're wrong, don't trust them. People will tell you, oh, don't need to take a test. You know, they're all going away and all that. Uh that on the contrary, that is actually not true. Now, yes, of course, during COVID, SATs and ACTs were shut down all across America because you couldn't go anywhere. That's when the CLT really took off because it was remotely proctored already and every college accepted it during COVID. Uh, and their enrollment went up 5,000% because they were remotely proctored already and it was a shorter test online. Uh, but what I what I have to say to that is a lot of schools were going to stay test optional until 2023 uh, or later. Uh, but then all of a sudden what happened back in the spring was MIT decided, you know what, we are going back to testing right now. We're not going to wait. And, and I love what they say. They kind of mimic what I've been saying for years. They say, it is the only fair way to compare all students. And who's hurt most by not testing are the students who live in underserved communities because they don't have the luxury of going to one of these very expensive prep school, high schools. And so when you, when you realize that one test can equal everybody, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your ethnicity, doesn't matter what school you go to, it makes no difference because it's the exact same test, which makes it fair for everyone. Everyone's compared equally. It's the only numerical component that's common to all applicants. Now, there are still certainly schools that are test optional. Even BC, before COVID, there were about 15% test optional schools, but they were mainly specialized schools. Uh, and if you needed scholarship money, you still had to send your score in. So even the, even the, the schools that are staying test optional for a little while longer, that's fine. They'll let you in, but you're not going to get any money. And so if you're like us and you needed money, then you want to send your score in. Um, bottom line, it's, it's all about the money because they get their rankings and the higher their score, the higher their rankings. And so they're willing to give you incredible scholarships just based on a test score. That's very helpful. And I know this is a big topic. We have barely scratched the surface here. You have a lot of resources available for families to help guide them. Can you tell us a little bit about some of what you offer for families who are interested in diving deeper into this? Yes. So I, I'm really excited that we are partnering with a, a Christian book been familiar with them a long time since my, even my kids are little. And so what we're offering through Christian book is we have an online e-course. Um, it is mom and dad friendly. So mom doesn't have to do anything. We've done it all for you. And this is when you can use this as an elective. It's, it's a, it, it's tape lessons that have homework. They have um, reinforcing quizzes, practice questions and tasks, checklists for success, a lot of great stuff. And so your students can, if you have a, a student is very independent, self-directed, then you can go on and, you know, do the class at your own time, do the homework, uh, you know, work through the problems and all that. And that has been very successful. You know, we've been doing this for like 17 years. And so being able to have that at your own time, because every schedule is so different. We also have 
virtual boot camps as well as we teach live classes too. But you're, every student's different. Some some students do better in a live class, but some students do perfectly fine on an e-course. You know your kids best, how they want to learn the program. What we do is we take them through step-by-step step of through the math, through the reading, through the writing, um, through the ACT science, through the different essays, and show you why the right answers are right and why the wrong ones are wrong so they can self-correct their mistakes. Because, as I said, a standardized test has standardized questions and standardized answers, which means they are going to write the same type of question every single test. The test will not vary. So you don't study for the test, you study the test themselves. And so the more you get familiar with it, the more you'll see the same patterns and the logic kicks in and you start answering the questions quicker. So a lot, pretty much every question can be answered in 30 seconds or less. And, and like I said, you can use test prep as an elective um, on the transcript. You can call it SAT prep, SAT, ACT prep, test prep, logic prep, you know, anything that you want to call it. Test taking technique class. Again, that takes one more thing off your plate as, as a parent. That's wonderful. I'm so excited for families to get to take advantage of that. Where can people find you if they would like to connect with you more online? So we are at collegeprepgenius.com. They can always email us at info at collegeprepgenius.com. Or, you know, we have a Facebook page as well. And we, we've been around a long time and we have so many testimonials. I recommend that people don't just take my word for it. You can do independent reviews um, online. You can go and click on. We have tons of videos uh, that you can watch parents and students and schools talk about their kids. Life-changing when you can uh, go from, you know, what do I do about college and how to pay for it to, you know, a full ride uh, and being able to choose where you want to go. And that's what we've seen happen over and over again for 17 years. That's amazing. Yes, I feel like there is a lot of hope for people in your story and in your experience. So thank you so much for sharing your testimony with us and your story of God's faithfulness to your family. Um, I know it's going to be encouraging to so many people who are listening. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I hope you were encouraged by what Jean had to share with us today. And if you could use some help in the area of test prep, be sure to check out Jean's College Prep Genius course. It's available at christianbook.com and you can find it at the link in our show description or by visiting our show notes page at homeschoolcompass.com slash podcast. If you know someone who would benefit from this conversation, we would be so honored if you shared this episode with them. And of course, we're always so grateful to all of you who tap the five stars in your podcast player and leave us a quick rating or a review that helps more homeschool families find the show. Thank you to each one of you for listening today. And until next time, remember you are loved and you are not alone.